Now, I'm not saying trying to replicate code is wrong, quite the contrary. What I'm saying is it looks like no code is going in those two directions. And the initial direction of simplicity has been not forgotten, but left aside. Hello and welcome back to Indie Bytes, the podcast where I bring you stories of fellow indie hackers in 15 minutes or less. Today I'm joined by Daniel CH, who you might have seen floating around in the Twitter sphere recently. Daniel is the co-founder of LegitCheck, an app that authenticates luxury items that grew to 6k MRR in just a few weeks. He's also building Simple.Inc, which is a simple way to make a website from Notion. It got number one products of the day on Product Hunt and 1,300 users in the first month. He's also got his fingers in many SaaS pies running the r slash SaaS subreddit. As for podcasting, Daniel's dipped in there too with this show The Usual Suspects. We also speak about a company that he's acquired called Emojix and so much more. Now, you know what's coming. It's a sponsor slot. Now, last episode's sponsor was Ramen Club. And this week, a member from Ramen Club is sponsoring Indie Bytes. And he's a previous Indie Bytes guest. How cool is that? So when you have a project, how do you whip up and share a static site? Well, TinyHost makes it dead easy to do. Just zip up your files and TinyHost will create a perfect hosted link for you, exactly how you intended. Or if you're freelancing and need to share a quick prototype with your clients, this is a wonderfully simple way to do it. Got a PDF to host? TinyHost has you covered. Honestly, this is just a really fun tool to try out and it's cool to see another indie hacker making a product that is used by thousands of people. If you want to try it, head to tiny.host that's t-i-i-n-y with two i's or hit the link in the show notes now let's hear a little bit of daniel's story daniel welcome to the pod how are you mate i am better than ever because we talked for a bit before recording this so i'm just pumped man so let's kick off talking a little bit about legit check your business which you grew to was it 200k you said of like one-time sales last year yeah we've done 200k in sales so talk to me a little bit about that business what it is, why you started it, and how you grew it. I was learning how to code. Uh, published an app. It was a collection of guides on how to authenticate only sneakers back then. So to authenticate would mean to spot the fake ones and tell which ones are real. People upload pictures of their item. So sneakers, clothing, bags, watches, collectibles, you name it. And when they upload pictures, they also check out. They pay for a digital service or they subscribe to our called Legit Check Club, where we give them multiple more benefits and some, some tools. Those two things and our certificate, which is trusted by banks, by PayPal, by eBay, etc., 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 etc. How did you get into this space? Were you a collector yourself of these luxury items, these shoes? And then how does your service tell the difference? Do you just look at the pictures and... Can you tell it yourself? Is it any software? How does it work? It is a manual service. There are competitors in the market claiming they have this advanced AI, whatever. No, there's nothing like that. Either myself or our authenticators just have a look at your item and they know what to look out for. And the very valid question is, okay, but how do they look? And the answer is, we first publish the free guides, which are like uh, articles, sometimes as much as 4,000 words of written content with pictures. This is the fake, this is the real, this is what you need to look out for. So you run the SaaS community, right? You're into SaaS and you are running a one-time purchase service, which you managed to turn into a subscription service. Tell me more about the Legit Check Club, how you made that compelling enough to grow it to 6K in MRR. Basically, when people choose their item that they want to authenticate, we offer them two options, which is a one-off charge, as you very well mentioned, or we, we offer them this club subscription, which is most of the time at half 
price of the one-off fee. And then we package it as one free authentication per month for that specific class of items. We give them a discount for any further authentication. We give them sometimes free certificates and the certificates are the, the virtual documents. So this is the so part of the software part, the virtual document that get your money back from PayPal, from eBay, if you've been scammed. So Dan, you run the r slash SaaS subreddit. I'm interested to know the story of how you ended up taking over that community, why you did it, and what you sort of do of it now. Taking over was super simple. I was active on the community, and one day I just messaged the moderators asking them if I can help. And they were like, do you know what? We've actually seen your name. We're very busy. We don't moderate it that much. You, you just have it, whatever. And uh, ever since then, I've, make, I've made RSAS my, my little baby. And when I got it, it had about 3.7K, if I remember correctly, members. Now it's got 30K, 31, 32K. But the thing is, the place was barren. Nobody was taking care of it. What am I doing with it? I feel like I, I am uh, putting my so-called chips on SaaS. I feel like SaaS is a fair business model, a positive sum game. And... I really want to stand behind this. You host some awesome SaaS founders on your AMAs. Can you think of some of the best, most interesting and open AMAs you've had on there? So people that listen to the pod can go and check out the subreddit and read some of these AMAs. Hmm. First, first AMA that came to mind was Saba and Tim. They were super authentic. When they posted the confirmation picture, it was just them opening beers and it, and you know them personally, but they just look like great dudes who just trying to help. And that's really who they are if you meet them in real life as well. And so that was a great AMA. They had loads of questions and they were very inviting, but they didn't do anything per se to to make themselves look like that's, that's just who they are. So that will be would, the first one that came to mind. Would echo that completely. Sam and Tim met them at Indie Beers, and now it's amazing to see that they've grown it to the point where they've now raised funding from Sequoia, and they are still the most authentic, kindest, nicest founders in the game. Whenever I have a problem or a query, I go to Saba. He's now the CEO of this VC-backed company. He still gives me time of day and helps me out. So big props to Saba, and that doesn't surprise me that he's one of your favorite AMAs on there. So you speak to founders on your AMAs, but you've also started speaking to them on your podcast. Tell me a little bit more about the usual Suspects podcast. The real reason why I started is I just want an excuse to talk to these people I look up to, like Jason Fried, like Hitan Shah, like whatever, Daniel Vassalo, we just, we just talked about him. He's an absolutely lovely person. And I didn't know this before I started that I can go so deep with them and for so long. In the meantime, I've discovered that, you know what, I can actually inspire other people, not me myself, but I can be the vehicle for other people to get inspired by these very guests that I get inspired from. So I'm just there to be the vehicle for these conversations to happen. Dan, at the moment, you're spending a lot of your time on Simple.Inc, which is your Notion web page builder. Now, I've been a fan of Notion web page builders, but are you something called Super, your competitor? There's some others that have come up. Do we really need another Notion builder? I think we do. Simple.Inc aligns with this philosophy that we have, which is part of the name, which is we believe no code is more about the simplicity of building, not about this direction everybody else is going to, which, which is let's recreate everything that code can do, but make no code. I believe sometimes there's a problem of signal versus noise when it comes to no code and trying to rebuild what is already built and clone it one-to-one -one so that everything, as I said, that can be done with code is now on this side of no code 
isn't specifically why, why people are getting into no-code in the first place. No-code will change its name in a few years, but it will still be the same idea. But I feel like even people who can code make use of no-code tools. Why? Is it because it's a one-to-one -one replica of everything you can do with code? No, it's because of the simplicity and the speed. Now, I'm not saying trying to replicate code is wrong. Quite the contrary. And I'm, I'm, I'm benefiting from that. What I'm saying is it looks like no code is going in those two directions. And the initial direction of simplicity has been not forgotten, but left aside. And I was looking at no code and I was thinking, that's absolutely fantastic. I've spent my time with Webflow, went through the learning curve. Bubble looks so powerful. What happens with the simplicity of no code? What's that all about? Where is that going? Because I don't want to take hours and hours to learn every single tool out there. What about no code and simplicity? And this is really how simple that thing came to life. And Notion is this first application we have. We'll see what the future holds for us. To me, the question isn't specifically, do we really need another Notion builder? Do we really need another no code builder? And my answer is yes, because very few people are taking care of the simple part of no code. I wasn't so sure until you said that last section, which is people taking care of that simple part of the market. I'm not technical. I'm not a coder. I always want to build products or quick landing pages. I'm a big user of Notion. So when I found out you could create websites with Notion and the cool stuff you can do it with a little bit of code injection, this layer on top, it makes my life much easier. And now my default way to make a landing page is by using Notion. So Dan, you launched simple ink on product hunt you got number one product of the day you've been doing a lot of pre-sales for the last few months on twitter tell me about the pre-launch up until the product hunt launch and then how well that went what happened with the pre-launch pretty simple i've shown a mock-up video of how i envision simple i think and it's fairly accurate to what happens today i've had three buttons follow for updates get email notifications and pre-order and i've given a deal and dozens of people took up on that deal. And in the meantime, I was just doing my thing on Twitter, sharing where well, I think in nine months, I've grown from 300 followers to 10K, something like that. I think I have almost 11K right now. So as I was growing, people got exposed to it and that spoke to the email list. I think we've got some 5,000 emails. Can I share something honest with you, James? I was uh, low-key scared of launches because it looked like this big all or nothing move but um once you launch and you see that it's not that big of a deal and it's not a make it or break it 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 just eases off but it was easier to make excuses and to think that i can which i did in the past and this speaks to my my past experience i did quote unquote make it without having the big launch yeah what about what's your feeling with with launches and with this yeah uh, i completely agree so many people put so much worry and thought into the launch me, me included to be fair if ever i'm launching something i am worried about it but if you reframe it as something that doesn't just have to happen once and you can iterate so i launched my podcast course i know there is i can do another launch of that i can keep it going it's not just this one and done thing let's move on to the next stage of your journey your acquisition of emojics.com Tell me more about the acquisition, why you did it, how much you paid, what you're going to do with it now. We've paid 14000 for a business that is doing 700 MRR. I think MRR has grown a bit. About half of it is profit and obviously costs won't scale. It's a feedback tool 
that has an emoji scale for feedback. So a, a scale of emoji faces. Why do we buy it? Pretty simple. Legit check, which we've just talked about, has got high profit margins. We don't have big capital expenses to, to run this business. What happened was we, we kept piling up cash and um, we just wanted to offload some capital. So the, the answer isn't that glamorous, to be frank. I was looking to make an acquisition in the Notion space and um, nothing went through. And um, I looked for stuff. This looked too cheap. So I dismissed Emojix. But then I came back to it and it, it looked like, it. I'll be honest, it looked a bit too good to be true. Are you happy with it now you've now you've got the acquisition now it was a few months ago you've settled into ownership of it would you recommend people do an acquisition if they want to get into business yeah absolutely absolutely oh if you want to get into business and you have some money saved i feel like it's a it's a shortcut yeah sure whatever maybe there are some bullshit reasons like you can't call yourself a founder but who gives a crap about all that stuff bro just just go for it a successful business weighs more than you being able to call yourself a founder or not do i recommend to people yes have i said am i happy with yes but i need to tell you very shortly my life situation which is i have these three businesses and emojix is a bit of a it's a company that's set and forget it runs by itself. It's pretty passive. It is low maintenance, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's what I was taking. I was taking care of when I was picking one. And in all honesty, I also bought it because it's a bit of a backup plan. If a train hits the simple, I think servers and an airplane crashes into the legit check business, so to speak, metaphorically, we have a bit of a head start with a business that already exists and is making money and has paying users. Now, I end every episode on three recommendations, a book, a podcast, and an indie hacker or entrepreneur you've been inspired by or follow. Book, The Power of Now, podcast. I used to listen a lot to the Prof G show, Scott Galloway, or um, the Succession podcast because it came out with the season and just absolutely lovely. So I, I gave one business, one entertainment. My favorite indie hacker, my younger brother. CH David. I look up to him. I admire him. I respect him. And I am lucky and blessed to have him not only as a brother, but also as a business partner. So um, all my success comes uh, thanks to him. Dan, thank you so much for joining the pub, mate. James, it's an honor. As always, you keep doing you because you're doing great. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Indie Bites. Lots to get through in Daniel's story, but I hope you found it insightful. All links for everything discussed will be in the show notes as always. Remember to check out today's sponsor, Tiny Host, for all of your simple web project hosting needs and to upgrade your pocket with a wallet that wears in, not out. Buy one from me at wistfulcraft.com. That's all the promo for me. See you on Tuesday. <laughs>